Welcome to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, where you can win yourself a four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge at 7.30. Also, 9.30, we'll send you to see Incubus out of Blossom, July 25th. A lot going on this morning. 7.30, we'll find out women have been lying about something forever. 8 o'clock, everybody's favorite moment on the Stansbury Show, where two guys who have never had children, who don't plan to have children anytime soon, will teach you how to be better parents. We'll do that. And 9.30, I'll have to get the back of college kid millennials, and I don't really want to, but I'm going to have to get their back on something. Joined every morning by Matthew Fantone. How are you, buddy? I'm pretty good, dude. Can't complain on a Friday. Feeling good about life. Clint Parker doing a lot of the heavy lifting yeah, for like us it. today. So, like uh, no, life's good, man. It honestly is. Except for the 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 four inches of snow that just fell out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, I I, I was uh, I went to bed pretty early last night. Uh-huh. And I got up this morning, uh-huh. and I walked outside of the apartment. I was like, God, that seems like a lot of st- I, I I didn't realize it was going to... It was going to do that. It's going to be cold for a few days out here, too. Yeah, when I woke up this morning, I saw that it was like snowing out the window, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's probably like an inch on the car. And I get out there, and I'm like, good Lord, dude. I mean, no, it like, like had to clean the car off. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of snow on the car right now. So if you have not uh, if you have not ventured out yet, make sure you give yourself enough time out there. A few people. extra minutes. A yeah. few extra minutes. Yeah. Never know. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, the salt, I mean, the salt trucks were out on our way in. So for sure. they're expecting a little bit more, I would imagine. And the snow was still coming down. So uh, Chief Meteorologist Matt Fantone, here's your weather report, baby. Jeff Tanchek. <laughs> Little bitch, get out of here. So uh, the good news is, is that a week from today, we'll hear the sweet sounds of uh, the Friday audio reel live on location. As a week from today, we will start the show at this time from the Tilted Kilt up in Belden Village there. Kind of forgot Which Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. We're doing uh, the Sands Show pint glasses again. So, you know, come out, grab one of those, hang out, watch the show uh, almost be done live. Dude, St. Patrick's Day being on a Friday, I'm telling you, that's yeah. uh, that's going to be good stuff. That's going to be good stuff. I feel like pints will be had. Yeah, and, especially at the Canton Brewing Company. You know, 12- yeah, from noon to two, we'll be there, yeah. That's 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 really going to be tough to keep a beer out of my hand. Yeah, and again, we'll have the pint glasses there as well. So if you haven't made uh, St. Patrick's Day plans yet. We'll start at the Tilt to Kill. Yeah, definitely. The scenery's always good there. Yeah. And the I scenery mean, always really good there. You know it's a special day. You know the Tilted Kilt is really pulling out all the stops when they've got their chicks up and at them at 6 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Right. Like, those girls have not seen 6 o'clock in the morning since high school, maybe? Here's like, the thing. They're going to be so nice to you, but they do kind of look at us like, thanks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> glad we're here. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be fun, though. A week from today, St. Patrick's Day. It's all, I, love, I love when that's on a, on a Friday. You don't have to worry about waking up the next day. It's awesome. I'm in a great mood this morning. Okay. I got a lot of sleep last night. Obviously helps. on a Friday, you know, you got the weekend coming. You know, it's hard not to be positive about that. And I spent all afternoon yesterday watching the television and hearing about how smart the Cleveland Browns are. Like, this is, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. Like, all right, so I wasn't paying attention to the TV at all. I was actually watching the golf tournament. And so then I turned on, like, ESPN or whatever it is, and I see... Texans trade Osweiler to Browns. And it was just on the scroll. Like, I didn't hear about the, you know, the details of the trade. And so I freaked out. Yeah, oh, first reaction. Of course, it sounds terrible. Freaked out. Because everybody in the league kind of now knows Brock Osweiler can't play. Like, he just can't play. And has a huge contract. Huge so I'm like, oh my God, here we go again with the Cleveland Browns. Right, Texans getting over on the Browns. Browns just right. being idiots, taking, you know. They're going to end up getting Tony Romo, win a Super Bowl. We're on the hook for Brock Osweiler. Right. So I was freaking out. Right. 
Come to find out that it's one of these analytics moves. That they're looking to pick up Osweiler, and it's really about the second round pick that they're going to get, and then they'll really, you know, they'll get rid of Osweiler, so he's not going to be a Brown. And imagine being that guy. Like, I understand he's a pro athlete, compensated right. very well, but you're still a human being. Right. And so, like, on the TV is, well, yeah, they don't want him. They know he sucks. They're just going to dump him. Imagine being that guy or that guy's wife and hearing that all afternoon on the TV. His parents, I mean... As, uh, as as we were sitting there watching the news last night, my girlfriend said to me, like, oh, my gosh, this guy's so bad, the Browns don't want him. And yeah. I'm like, yep. yep, yeah, he kind of is. Yep. And I was, it kind of, like, opened my eyes. I'm like, God. When you stand next terrible. to RG3 and you look good. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's when, yeah, you know. I mean, it's pretty much over on the Brock Osweiler experiment. But, but it seems like all the NFL pundits, and I don't know if they know anything, but they're all loving this move. And then you look a little deeper in what the Browns are doing. It's spending a ton of money bolstering the offensive line. Yeah, obviously you can't complain about what happened there yesterday. I mean, I think that was a great sign for Browns fans. Was it Kevin Zeitler is the guy from Cincinnati? Now, I don't know, but was he there when Hugh was in Cincinnati? Yeah, so so they have a relationship together. So Hugh kind of knows, like, this is an offensive line piece that that will benefit us. From what I've heard, it's going to be the highest paid guard in NFL history. In NFL history. Which, you know, obviously... Until next year, you know what I mean? Because welcome to pro sports. Well, and I'm glad this is happening just because one of the... uh, one of the, one, I guess, one of the platitudes of Browns fans of like, uh, uh, the line sucks, terrible line, they're the worst, uh, the, dude, the, we got to fix the line first. But now we've it's seen fixed. this. We've now seen. It's fixed. I mean, we've seen this before. We picked up Alex Mack. We've done. I mean, they've tried to like fix this before, and it it seems to never be the fix. So just because you spend a ton of money on a guy doesn't mean it's fixed. At least that excuse is gone, though. There's no more. No, like, I hear well, you. The, well, the Browns yeah, yeah. don't care about the offensive line. We need that first. Well, now we have that. So now the Browns can can start to, you know, expand out into into skilled positions. I agree. There. And I'm one of those guys. I'm fix both the lines, guys. Yeah. I, because I believe that's where the game is won. So I like the moves that were made yesterday. Um, I know they gave Batonio a ton of money to lock right. him down. We still got Joe Thomas. And now you add this Kevin. Is it Zeitler? I, uh, I believe it's Zeitler. And um, and that seems like that's all, that's all going to be good. Now the Garoppolo thing. Okay. There's a post apparently on Instagram that says, you know, goodbye, New England, or whatever the hell it is. And I'm telling you, that's been kind of like disproven a little bit now, and they're calling it a hoax, which I would believe. I can't believe that Garoppolo knows his whole selling point is that he knows the Patriot way. And so he's not going to enter into his next team going the complete opposite way of the Patriot way. Now, I got to tell you. ESPN's reporting 10 minutes ago there are no talks going on right now with the Browns and New England for Garoppolo. But Fantone's got me on something else. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. But, dude, you got me interested in Kirk Cousins. He's a good quarterback. You kind of like Kirk Cousins. And so here's my theory on Kirk Cousins right now. If you don't know, he's you know the Washington Redskins quarterback. But he's now asked for a trade. The rumor is he went to the owner, asked for a trade. Okay, now everybody kind of thinks he wants to go to San Francisco because that's where Kyle Shanahan went. Those his dad's the one that drafted him, and he, you know they worked together before. And they just sent one of his wide receivers to San Francisco. Pierre Garcon, I believe, is the one who went. And why not go to San Francisco? And why not go to San Francisco? Right. right so there's some of that. But and I've never been wild about Cousins. I didn't really love the whole you like that I, after like the playoff win last. Was it two years ago? Whatever it was, I didn't really like that. And I'm not wild about some of the stuff I've seen with him. But there is something about a guy who doesn't feel wanted where he is and then goes someplace where he's wanted, where he feels wanted, 
that makes a guy play outside of his outside of his skill. Like that I'm going to show you that chip on the shoulder thing. I think Brady still has it from being drafted in the sixth round. I think there's something about that. And I think if you brought Kirk Cousins here, you maybe get a little bit of that magic. And like you say, you know who he is. I mean, look what he did. And I mean, you got to have pieces. But it seems like the Browns are, you know, starting to make moves. If they, if we ended up with Kirk Cousins and paying less for him than what you're going to have to pay for Jimmy Garoppolo, I wouldn't hate that move the way I would have six months ago. Especially once you start considering what the Patriots reportedly want from the Browns for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Talking, well, they're talking, dude. I mean, they're talking about the first draft pick, which is absolutely asinine, dude. That's an absolutely ridiculous request. And if you're going to have to pay something like that, if you're going to have to be a part of a trade like that, then yeah, there's other options out there, and you could certainly do worse than Mr. Cousins. Yeah, I would have to take a look at him now. I would. But it just felt so good yesterday that every t- every channel I turned on, they were talking about the Browns making smart, analytic moves. Now, you're hearing a lot of, Here's, here comes Billy Bean to football and like all this stuff. But like, it, they were, everybody was talking about how calculated and how smart they were. Yeah, as a whole, I got to give the Browns a two thumbs up yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily buy Which, it. When you go 1-15 in 15 again, right. this day's going to make you sick to your stomach. Right. There's all, oh, dude, it's a Super Bowl today, essentially. No, March 10th, no, no, the no. Super Bowl. But I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if if the if, if everything's going to play out the way that they want to with this Brock Osweiler trade, but as a whole, they're making moves, they're getting things done. Essentially, it's... You're doing something. Essentially, it, by their plan, is you're paying $16 million for a second round pick. Which seems crazy to me. Seems crazy to me. It all depends on who you get with it. Or what you package it with to get back. I, I'm, yeah, I mean, right now, I don't love that, but it's, if it leads to a quarterback, I'm all good with it. Yeah, if it does. If and some butts, you know, but yeah. who, who were who were the Browns' second round draft picks last year? Were they worth $16 million? You already have so many draft picks, dude. You have so many effing draft picks. You're paying $16 million for another one? Seems yeah. crazy to me, but it's not my money. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I here's the thing. I'll live with anything as long as Brock Osweiler's not wearing a Browns jersey to start the season next year. Then I'll live with anything else that happens with that. It seemed like everybody was saying how this was a really smart trade for both sides. Now somebody got the better end of the deal because welcome to negotiations. And we can only hope that it was us. Again, if you're an Incubus fan, 930 will pass out those tickets. And women are liars. 7.30, we'll get into that. And more Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Again, another reminder, join us uh, a week from today as we'll uh, broadcast live from the Tilted Kilt, 6A to 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, the Sandsbury Show pint glasses on hand. And then we'll move over to the Camp Brewing Company starting at noon. Be out there from noon to 2. Same deal. <clears throat> oh, you know what I keep bearing the lead on that? What's that? All day long, we're going to be getting people signed up for Rock on the Range tickets. Nice. That's what I should tell people about. Not the stupid pint class with, no. my, with the show's uh, logo on it. What you really want is the Rock on the Range tickets. We'll be passing those out that day as well. St. Patrick's Day on a Friday, too. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Well, I mean, a week from today, dude. That's hard to believe, man. Yeah. It's hard to believe we're already in the middle of March. Yeah, this year is going by quick. And as uh, we started the show talking about the Browns, and that we didn't even get into this. We also signed Kenny Britt yesterday, a wide receiver that had a pretty good year last year, so that might end up being all right. And we did get the center from Green Bay. I forgot about that. Nathan, thanks for uh, you know tweeting those in and reminding us about that. I feel like the Browns had a pretty good day yesterday. Yeah, hard to argue with, honestly. Still the draft right around the corner? So, dude, some criminals are just... 
honestly, so brazen they can't even be believed. I just posted a video up at WRQK.com in the Sands Ratio section of a guy uh, being put in handcuffs. Yeah. Murder suspect. Yeah. Like murder. And as they're walking him into the building cuffed, he starts promoting his mixtape. Now, I know this isn't the first time that's ever happened, but like, dude, this is murder. Like, I understand how, like, a drug dealing dude could maybe do that and be like, you know what I mean? I'm going to be out in, like, a year. You know what I mean? Like, my mixtape will blow up. I'll be a hood superstar, this and that. But, dude, if they have you on murder, you're not coming out anytime soon. I and guess some people, you're looking at it from a logical perspective. You're looking at it from like that. But when you don't care if you murdered somebody, what are you going to care? You know what I mean? Like, dude, wow. you might as well yell whatever the hell you want to. Wow, that's terrible. You yeah. should care if you murder people. <laughs> I mean, but if you cared <laughs> you know? about, mur- if you cared if you murder people, you wouldn't be in the business of murdering people. That's the that's whole a thing. fair point. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, sometimes I forget that, you know, people do just murder people and it's not like, like crimes of passion are different. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you could kill somebody in a crime of passion and then be like, oh my God, like I feel terrible about the fact that I've done that. No, I would assume this dude's in the murder minute. (laughs) No, yeah, I think if he's going to use murder to try to pimp his mixtape, he's in the murder business. Yeah, indeed he is. (laughs) I would imagine that he is. Yes, absolutely. I would imagine that he is. Again, I cannot wait for eight o'clock. Because, again, people get really upset when two guys who have never had kids, who and one of them doesn't really want kids, starts talking to you about how to be a better parent. But at 8 o'clock, I think I'm going to help make everybody better parents. Oh, whatever, dude. Uh, listen, now, nobody wants a fat person telling them what kind of diet they should be on. I understand. Maybe I'll do that at 9. I, I understand the gripe there. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. Uh, but you always say it, dude. Your kids affect everybody, and everybody on the planet's going to have an opinion on yeah, it. You so. had them. Oh, yeah, you had them. You brought them here. And so, like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're eventually gonna, we're, we're going to have to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to judge you for it stupid kids so i heard this crazy thing um yesterday that i can't quite make sense of and nbc is allegedly forcing jimmy fallon or putting pressure on jimmy fallon to get more political they want him to be harsher on trump and the theory is is that he's kind of losing some numbers to stephen colbert now he's still winning ultimately i believe but he's losing some of the like the hardline demo to Colbert a little bit. Everybody knows Colbert's whole gimmick is, I'm smarter than you, you should all be as smart as me, and I hate Donald Trump. That's his whole bag. I'm not knocking it, but that is who he is. And Fallon, and I would imagine Kimmel's kind of somewhere in the middle, giving you a little bit of a you know anti-Trump. You kind of know what his position is, but he's not as far as Colbert. I don't really watch any of the late night guys. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm, I, I'm just I, in bed. I genuinely don't know what. I, I don't think I've watched like Colbert's show more than a couple of minutes of it. Like, I see a lot of like the four or five minute clips the next day that get passed around on social media sites and the like. And, yeah, I've and, never like watched that. And all. I'm not a Steve. I don't dislike Steven. I like Steven. I don't think he's as good as Jon Stewart was at that role. But I mean, welcome to life. I mean, you know what I mean? Some people are that hard to replace. They just are. Not irreplaceable, but they're just that hard to replace. But I don't understand, like, it's not Jimmy Fallon to me. Like, that's not his bag. And so asking him to be something he's not, I think, ultimately hurts you in the end, long term. I'm sure where a little bit of this got hung around his neck is when he did have Trump on he was in the election. Right. And, and a lot of people felt like he didn't, you know, necessarily take his responsibilities very seriously there. Um, Isn't it okay if Jimmy... Maybe either A, isn't all that political in his life, or B, doesn't necessarily want his product. To, now, it's up to NBC. Ultimately, yeah. it's their desk. It is their desk, right? And they're going to kind of tell you what to do. Uh, welcome. Yes. Welcome to broadcasting. Welcome to broadcasting. Media's media's microphones. Uh, uh, right. At some point, if they really wanted to make it their way, but I don't think that they should. And I think 
this is where I think, especially when you're talking about somebody, and I'm not a big, you know, a lot of what Jimmy Fallon does, like the lip syncing and all that stuff, it's cute and this and that, but it's not necessarily my bag of tea, you know, my cup of tea either, all right? But he is good at it. And so I think when you have somebody as talented as Jimmy Fallon, I think management has to learn to trust the talent. Weather this storm. The Trump thing's not always, always, always going to be the hottest thing to be talking about. You got to remember, we're what? We're not even a, midway through the first year. So eventually, you know, some of these storms are going to quiet down, I would think, or maybe even get way worse, and maybe that's what they're thinking, okay? But to me, I think having one option on and late night and letting a guy be pure to who he is and letting people escape from that for a little while might not be the worst case. Well, I mean, obviously, NBC is moving on something that they see. They're not just like saying, hey, you know what we need to do is be more political. Maybe we'll get more people in. So obviously, there's some sort of data driving this. I just worry that maybe you don't have the guy. And like Colbert's that guy. And now if you get Fallon out there and you get him outside of what it is he does, aren't you? I think the risk is. You could get into a weird territory here. Well, I don't know if anybody's asking them to break down the X's and O's of politics, but, I mean, it's a balancing act, and, and we've dealt with it. I think news organizations deal with it. I think everybody who has a microphone in front of them has to deal with it right now is where is that line when it comes to politics? Because, obviously, we're at a very polarized point. We feel like we're all very angry at each other about this. I'll say... But, but it just to me, it seems like... You have to. Topic A is a part of your show. It has to be. And when yeah. you ignore that, and when you ignore that, you're you're neglecting your responsibilities. It's a fu- it's a high wire act right now because, and this is partially just the culture and just evolution and again and again digital you know mediums and the like. Is that a jab now at somebody? Is now you? Flat out, you can't make a joke about something th- th- about and not have people think that you're anti that person anymore. You're a libtard Trump hater, exactly. Right, and exactly. It's like, dude. Any just innocuous joke now becomes you're pushing your agenda. And so, like, if, if that's the if that's the temperament and if that's the temperature of the culture, if I'm Jimmy Fallon, I understand the resistance to go there. I get it, especially when, dude, you have Alicia Keys on singing Adele doing the ABCs and it goes viral and like, and you like all of a sudden now, dude, he's his content still. And I would imagine these TV networks care about that as much as they care about people tuning into the show every night now anymore is are your videos being passed around? So I understand how I think it's knee jerky is what I'm saying. I think it's like, oh my God, Stephen Colbert picked up a few people. We better go and do this. And it's like, well, should you? Because I'm not sure you got the right guy at the helm to do it. And having talked to a talent coordinator less than a week ago, who brilliantly, and, and honestly, he works in another country, unfortunately, and he said to me, he goes, you got to let talent be who talent is. And until they realize that, you're never going to make as much money as you can. Like, if you let the talent be who they are, hire the talent that you want. Like, if you want somebody to be the Stephen Cooper, then go get one of those guys. But you got to let your talent be who they are. Let them be the best of what they can. And then the money comes in. You got to worry about that first. Now, that's idealistic, but ultimately in a perfect world, how it would run. 7.30, we'll get you hooked up with charge tickets. 9.30, we'll send you the Incubus. More Sandsbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. 6.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. On Rock 106.9, 7.30, we'll send you to see the can charge this weekend as Fantone's your in-arena host. We'll get you hooked up with a four-pack of tickets for that. 8 o'clock, we'll turn you into better parents as well. Be near your radio for that. 
You know, I follow a bunch of Twitter accounts for all different kind of news outlets in Ohio, right? Of course. In case anything should happen. And so uh, one of the ones that I follow out of uh, Columbus, WSYX ABC6, has just tweeted out that it's National Mario Day. And I even asked Phantom when we got here this morning, I was like, I wonder what national day it is. And they're saying it's National Mario Day, and they would like to know what your favorite Mario game is. I mean, it's National Mario Day? I guess at the point of they're just giving everyone a day. That's my point. At, At what point do the serious ones that we have no longer matter because we're at the race to have French fries and and cheese day and gravy day and like all this stuff? At what point does constantly tweeting about these kind of things cheapen the real like Martin Luther King Day. Like when does that ha- like when does that happen? Yeah, Has it happened? I, I'm trying to think of why like Mario would deserve his own day in America. Now, now don't get me wrong, it's a kid. legendary, an iconic character. And honestly, but- Nintendo saved video games as far as an in-home console goes. The Atari had like completely dropped off. But it's not like Bugs Bunny gets his own day. You know what Fair. I'm saying? I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like does Mickey Mouse have his own. And it's day? not I would like imagine. it's not like. Nintendo is an American company that, like, you no. know, that, 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 that. Quite the opposite. Right. So it just, it feels strange to me where, like, an Italian plumber gets the, uh, gets the, the Japanese nod there for, for American day. It just feels weird to me. Pretty stereotypey, too, right, Mario? I mean, you can't tell the story of my life without that game. So I feel like this war, this is more warranted than, like, Grilled cheese day, like yeah, right? Like I feel. The, can you tell the story of Stansbury without a grilled cheese involved in there somewhere? Come on. All right, on. all right, fine. Give me. A, this is more warranted than National Let It Go Day, where it's like let go of the thing that's bothering you. I don't know, dude. We were driving into work, and Stansbury, he's turned a new leaf. He's letting things go. I feel as if I have been handling stress a lot better lately. I, I do. I, so I think maybe all these days count, dude. What is the best Mario game? The original. Um, I don't know. I mean, you gotta three make an art- is really good. Like three is a really good game. It kind of like changed scrollers. It changed like yeah, it did. It ushered it. I'll tell you honestly. I think the the re release of the original Mario game for the Wii, like the updated version, that game was so good. And uh, let's be real about like Mario Kart on sixty four, huge game. Mario sixty four was huge, but Mario Kart and those Mario parties, those were awesome games. Paper Mario was big. I didn't play it, but I know it was a big title. Sold a lot of titles. <sighs> do I want to go Mario Kart? Or Mario do I Kart's go Mario a great 3? pick. I, I mean, it's just it's hard not to go with the original because look at what it spawned. Sonic came out of that. Crash Bandicoot came out of that. That's everybody trying to find their Mario. You know, so like it's hard not to go with the with the original. But yeah, I mean, there were other games that ended up being better than those. I really liked the updated version of the original Mario that the Wii put out, and I don't know if. It, enough people played that game to know but like that game was so well updated still stayed true to the classic but gave you enough new stuff where it's like man this is like pulling me right back in it was really good I don't know. It just seems a little crazy. Speaking of video games, um, National Bugs Bunny Day, however, is April 30th. Thank you, Julian, for that. Thank you for that. Is there a National Zelda Day? Because I keep seeing those commercials, and dude, that looks sick. Yeah, but good luck getting your hands on a Switch. Like I looked last night, eBay, 
Because I was like, all right, maybe I'll just order one on eBay. Right. Five, five, six hundred bucks people are Jeez. getting. Nah, I'm not doing that. Not doing that. Not yeah, doing it. wait till summertime. Because I'm with you. I want that new Zelda really, really bad. Tyler says, let's be honest, you can't tell the Stansbury story without food. Ha ha, Tyler, can't tell your story without food either. Everybody needs food. It's not like I'm the one person that's like, food, have you heard of this? It's good. No, I but get you what are you're the, saying. You, I know. You are the one person that I know, ate I'm lashing two out. pounds of potato salad in one sitting. So I mean, I had two. You could tell my story without that, without had, two pounds of potato salad. It's very possible. Probably for the whole summer. <laughs> I did it in a day. Under. Because Fantone always likes to say, you know, you always say a day, but you slept for eight. I, I know. slept. I know you did. You did. Quit reminding me of that. I did have two, like, uh, McDonald's meals this morning for breakfast, though. That steak, egg, and cheese bagel is just good. The other morning, we went to McDonald's and Stansberry ordered, and I kept looking at it. I'm like, is that the right price, dude? You should not be spending $12 <laughs> by yourself at McDonald's for breakfast. And he's like, no, shut up. It's the right price. I'm like, okay. Well, when you go a la <laughs> carte right. with the sandwiches, they that's how they get you. It's the hook. You know what I mean? I want I want the number 12 meal, but I want to add one of these. And then that's the hook that I want to add. The a la carte. $12 at McDonald's. It, it was, was actually fourteen thirty five. It was impressive. It, it was something. It was fourteen thirty five. Is what it, I still have the receipt probably. But uh, yeah, no, I that was depressing. I don't like when you point stuff like that out. You should not be observant. And I was going to say, this is the life you choose to live, man. I'm just, I'm just part of it. I'm you know, it's the it. life I'm trying to get d- d- done with fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not trying to live it at all. I'm trying to end this damn thing. We'll let you take a uh, listen to what Hugh Jackson had to say about yesterday's movement. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. When you're way into the Canton Charge game this weekend, uh, we'll hook you up with those around 7.30 this morning. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need for those. Reminder, join us a week from today as we'll broadcast live from the Tilted Kilt starting at 6 a.m. Be out there from 6 to 10 doing the show live. And then from noon to 2, move the party over to the Canton Brewing Company. Hang out there for a while. We'll have uh, the Sandsbury Show pint glasses at both. Also, beginning who uh, hooked up with, I believe, what is sold out Rock on the Range tickets. Sold out indeed, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. And Pass obviously, those. man, dude, it's a hell of a lineup. Metallica, right. this Soundgarden, is Metallica Korn, Sound, yeah, yeah, Korn, Soundgarden, like every other great band on the face of the planet. Yeah, that's a good show. That's a good show. So we'll pass out those tickets. St. Patrick's Day, join us. Again, uh, decent weather should be right around the corner. I know it snowed a little bit last night, but decent weather uh, going to be right around the corner, which makes it car buying season. If you're shopping around car loans, take a look at CSE Federal Credit Union. That's who I'm using. You can find out more info on their loans at CSEFCU.com. So whether you're looking for your first car, maybe just a second car, any kind. They also do home loans as well. Find out more info, CSEFCU.com. So the Browns were being called smart all over the television yesterday, and I had to do like a triple take. I was watching the golf tournament, and uh, I, I happened to turn over, and I saw the Texans trade Brock Osweiler to Browns, and I freaked out. Because, you know, the Texans paid Brock Osweiler, I think it was like $100 million or something, like $78 million, whatever it was, like way too much money, and he's not very good, and I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, if they think this kid's the fix, we're screwed. Yeah, and understandably so. I mean, when I first heard that, and before I kind of heard the plan that was going into place, I mean, that's a terrifying thought process of wasting all that money for a player who obviously can't get it done. Yeah, I was terrified, but it turns out this is like one of those analytics moves where essentially what they were really after is the second round pick that they got in the deal, and they're going to release Osweiler, and then I, apparently his money doesn't negatively affect the cap, and then you know we get the second pick, which I apparently the rumor is they want to package and send to New England to pick up Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Now you'll see moves like this in the NBA pretty frequently, where yeah. you take on a guy and his 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 salary um, to uh, make room for your team. And a great example was when the Cavs took on Baron Davis's outlandish contract, which turned into the first round draft pick, which turned into Kyrie Irving. Right. So it it, it, happens, Look at that it, it yeah. happens all the time in the NBA. It just doesn't seem to happen as frequently in football. And I guess there's some rule in place where this isn't supposed to be happening. But the Browns kind of like loopholed their way out of it yesterday. Which again. Smart, right? Like when, and again, that word has not for a while now gone hand in hand with the Cleveland Browns. And so the more I start hearing that word associated with what they're doing, because again, I feel like a lot of the moves made yesterday are pretty good. You pick up Kenny Britt, pretty good, right? You get yeah. the center from Green Bay, that's all right. Well, obviously, uh, the center position needs uh, attention in the Cleveland Browns organization. And whether this guy is or is not the starter, putting somebody else in that position, good, good stuff. You pick up the guard from Cincinnati, Zeitler, who apparently Hugh has history with and knows that he can play this position, and they dumped a ton of money in it. He's the highest-paid guard in NFL history now. And was the highest-rated offensive lineman available as a free agent. So it's not like he got a scrub. It's not like he got you know, a, a guy that nobody else wanted. This is a guy that was you know, obviously highly touted. Now the Browns have a ton of money to spend. They gave him able, a ton of money. Know, we're able to do that. but they, they gave him a ton of money, but I would also have to imagine he's sitting there going, well, dude, I'm getting Hugh. I know Hugh. Oh yeah, Hugh's gonna get this thing turned around, and so like I like I like this, and I've been a proponent of the Garoppolo trade. Give me Jimmy Garoppolo. I've been a proponent of that. Okay, but again, Eric Mangini said like two days ago. He's like, look, he's like the last franchise that Bill Belichick wants to help is the New York Jets. Behind, right behind the Jets, it's the Cleveland Browns. Given the history, so if he's gonna send Garoppolo to you, no matter what you're giving him, it's buyer beware. And I would, and I've, I've always kind of laughed that off. Well, look at Matt Castle, and I was like, Nah, I think Garoppolo is going to be better. But when he laid it out simply like that, I was like, He may be right. I mean, if you have a forty-year-old quarterback and you think that kid's a franchise quarterback, you're going to send him to a team that you hate, who fired you, and all that stuff. Right, and I said it yesterday. I stand by it, dude. Well, um, I guess the Ravens technically fired him. Yeah, but, Bill, but no, the, but right, he it, has the hatred towards right. It, Bill Belichick doesn't doesn't have a short memory. The guy's not going to forget about that. The guy's not going to forget about how stupid he looked in that in that brown starter coat wearing those khakis, dude. He's not going. He's not going to forget about that. Yeah, yeah, he's going to want it, dude. He's going to want his sweet revenge. But then again, the Browns are so inept and have been for such a long time that maybe it's like, well, dude, what's the worst that's going to happen? If we give them to him, they're still going to F everything up. It's not, like I'm, it's not like I'm worried about not, the Browns. You're not in love with any of the quarterbacks of this year's draft. Everybody's kind of looking over the shoulders of this draft. Everybody wants Sam Darnold out of USC, and apparently he may come out next year. You know, I was never wild about Kirk Cousins, but you kind of got me sold on Kirk Cousins. You like the idea of Kirk Cousins. I do. I like the idea of having a quarterback that you know what you're getting when you have him. The guy's able to play in, in, in big moments. The guy's able to throw big balls. And I feel like he knows how to run an offense. I don't think he's like dude, the best quarterback in the NFL. But uh, the guys who are available right now and that could something could happen. I mean, with Kirk Cousins asking for a trade... Browns, get involved, man. Yeah, I've never been wild about him. Some of that, you know, you like that? That kind of stuff I wasn't crazy about and like some of this other stuff. But if we can get him cheaper than what it would cost to get Garoppolo, you have a much higher sample size with 
Cousins, lower ceiling. But again, like those, do those sayings mean anything? Like, I don't know if those mean anything. And I mean, like, yeah, yeah, because the ceiling's hypothetical because we don't know where that ceiling will be. We know where that floor is. Right. We we do know where the floor is. And with Kirk Cousins, I think you have a much higher floor. I think, yeah, I. Now, I think he wants to go to San Francisco because that's where, you know, his previous offensive, you know, coordinator and, you know, they just sent one of his wide receivers there and it kind of feels like that's what he wants to have happen. And it's San Francisco. Right. Let's, yeah. let's, let's not yeah. act like that's not a part of the equation. Which, again, yeah, if you've, if, you've, if you've ever been there, you know it's just a beautiful part of the country. But I, there's something about a guy that now has asked for a trade and if you step up and say, we, and by the way, he was said what? Under a month ago, he's not afraid to play here. I think it was just under a month ago, Kirk Cousins said, I'm not afraid to play in Cleveland. And so I think there's something to a guy who feels like he can do it. There are other people in the league that think he can, and the the people in charge where you are don't. If you step up and say, we want you, you may get the best of what Kirk Cousins has to offer day in and day out, which might be, not might, it's probably a higher level of quarterback play than we've had in a decade. And from what I hear, he's a workhorse. First in, last out, watches film, likes to study, likes the process, likes to be part of, you know, likes to be one of the guys, is in on it. Um, while we're talking about Kirk Cousins and uh, Washington Did Redskins. Did just sign somewhere? <laughs> no, 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 no. But it is worth noting, uh, Terrell Pryor will be making a visit to the Redskins organization as a free agent today report. Okay, I got to tell you, if that ended up being a thing, because here's the thing. I, I had so many people the other day telling me, pay the man, pay the man, pay the man with Pryor. I don't see it. I'm sorry. I, I, I tweeted this and I got murdered for it the other day on Twitter. The report was is that they were a few million apart on prior, the team and, and the player. And I said, if it's only a few million, then it's on prior. Like if it's only a few million, then you gotta understand who you are. You're still learning the position. You're not Odell Beckham Jr., you're not Antonio Brown, and more importantly, the Cleveland Browns aren't the Pittsburgh Steelers. Meaning if you have the Steelers roster and you got Big Ben, you are looking at it like, okay, well, dude, yeah, make sure Antonio Brown's next here next year. Maybe we make a run, okay? Where that's not the case. I'm not going to pay a position player, like a skill player on the side with without the rest of the pieces. Like, so paying prior, I know, and people kept saying to me, well, we have the money, we have the cap space, we have the cap space. Spending money for the sake of spending money isn't a smart move. I like prior. I think he's good. But there's something to every DB that covered him talked about how he was trash. That doesn't happen to, uh, you know, even the great receivers who burn DBs. They don't talk about how they're trash. Every DB was talking about how Pryor was, like, kind of smoking mirrors. Now, I don't know if there's truth in that or not. But it seems a lot of dudes were saying it. And I just think it's a lot of money for, I think, as much as people worry about Garoppolo being Matt Castle... I worry that Terrell Pryor looks so good because of who he was on the field with. Now, maybe I'm wrong, and I'm not saying that's a definite, but I do worry about that. He had some great plays for sure, but people forgot. You know, people forget Coleman got hurt, and he was looking. He was showing signs of promise. I, I think you, you factor in Coleman and you know the signing of Kenny Britt yesterday. Yeah. and I think the writing's on the wall a little bit with Terrell Pryor, but we'll see. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I I think that was them saying. And from what I'm hearing, teams on the open market weren't talking about giving him the kind of money that he was expecting to see. 
So you might see him back here, even. Maybe. Uh, Boston Sports Radio reporting right now. They have talked to the Patriots this morning, and we're told there's no comments on whether Jimmy Garoppolo's being uh, talked about in trades right now. Now, I bet that's just the Patriot way. I don't know that, but I bet that's just the Patriot way. They say in these things, whoever talks less is winning, and I could buy that. The more mystery you build into something, the more I, I, I think people want to know what's beyond that mystery. So, I just when I was on, when I was on the couch yesterday, and it was like Browns and smart, Browns and smart, and an intelligent move, and you saw all the tweets, intelligent, smart move by the Browns here, bolstering up the offensive line, and doing this and doing that. I got to tell you, I can't remember a time where I was this, like I don't want to call it optimistic. But I'm feeling like we didn't get hosed in any one of these maneuvers yesterday. Yeah. And we still have the draft to go. Yeah. We have such a low bar as a fan base. That's my only thing where it feels good. I'm going to agree with you 100%. Yesterday, I was like, yeah, dude, wait, things are going right. It feels good. But uh, we have such a low bar that... No, the bar is low because, honestly, when somebody said to me yesterday, just like you, they're like Kirk Cousins, I said, well, if he gets us to 8-8, I love him. Teams... (laughs) Teams That's have crazy. teams have off seasons like this on a regular basis all and the time. win six games, and all of a sudden we're like, oh my god, look at this, look at this off season. We well, can win six games. Holy crap! Well, six games is a massive improvement from where we are. And here's the thing: I understand what you say by that. Like that's the that's the bar. Yeah, because I think you do have to be realistic. You don't go from one and fifteen to a Super Bowl team. You got to be viable before you can be good. The Browns haven't been viable. In a decade, like you need to be, you need to get there. You, you know what I mean? And this is a lot. I've been, I told guys, I told people when you got hired, what did I say? It's five years. I said, and everybody screamed at me like, yeah, you can't. It's five years. Now we're going into what? This is his third now, right? And that's normally when I said you start to see winning. You start, if they're any good, you start to see some winning. So we should there. Second year. Is it his second year? Second I thought year. it was his third. Second okay, year. well then I think we're ahead of schedule. He's one in fifteen, as as the Browns said. That was just, all right. That, yeah, all right, that was his rookie year. Okay, at least for us. I know he coached the Raiders before. Okay, sorry, I had my math wrong there. Okay, I feel like signs of life are, are being seen, and I like I said, I understand your hesitation of like that's where the bar is, but you got to be viable before you can be good. And I feel like moves made yesterday make uh, like are at least heading in the direction of that. I was just happy not to have people on TV going, here we go again, more Browns moves. And it was like, no, late. look, the Browns are doing something smart. I can't believe Osweiler 2 Browns ends up being a, s- a smart thing. That's, that's math I can't work out, but way to go. Ladies, I'm about to expose you. You're up to something. Men get attacked, not attacked, but men get made fun of for being these kind of people that will do this. And it turns out you're doing it more than men. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. The Canton Charger in action this weekend at the Civic Center. We're going to get you over the four-pack of tickets. If you need your own, you can uh, pick them up at the Civic Center box office or at CantonCharge.com. They have a bunch of huge promotions going on this weekend, do they not? Indeed they do. Saturday, their game uh, against the Austin Spurs. You're going to get hooked up with a Charge mini basketball hoop and ball. Oh, nice. And uh, Sunday, the kiddos are all going to get hooked up uh, with a ticket to Cedar Point. Oh, nice. Actually, Sunday is... Mom and dad some money. Yeah, Sunday is uh, Princess Day as well. 
So there's going to be What's like, well, there's going to be like a bunch of like Disney princesses there and a bunch of like, I don't know, like youth groups and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So I wouldn't be surprised if your boy. Well, I'm going Saturday. He's going to have to share a mic with like Cinderella or something. That might be interesting. Yeah, I'll go Saturday instead. Get that little mini hoop, the mini ball. Yeah. No, I mean, there's obviously nothing wrong with doing a bunch of stuff with kids. No, yeah, yeah, of course, man. Totally good. We'll pass out a four back here momentarily. And the charge, winning five in a row, by the way, making a great playoff. And I was right. Quinn Cook is back with the game. Indeed he is. Indeed, Quinn Cook is back. So good stuff this weekend at the Civic Center, baby. You need tickets. We'll have a four back here shortly. uh, But if you want to pick up your own, you can do that. At the Civic Center box office or at CantonCharge.com. Uh, I, I do want to say this because I feel like this guy deserves some credit. A, uh, a very dedicated listener of ours, Chris, is yeah. uh, going, Dude, I've been telling you not to pick up Garoppolo for weeks, and it takes Eric Mangini, a failed head coach, for you to pay attention to my side of the argument. And I said, okay, Chris, you know, I got to give it to you. You were. It was like two months ago. He was like, dude, if Belichick's going to let him go, he ain't any good. You don't want him. And... And I, look, I, I, there's arguments on both sides. I, there, now, look, Chris Carter says that Bill Parcells thinks that Jacoby Brissett is the next Tom Brady. No, I think that's nuts. I think that's nuts. And then, so people say like that. Maybe that's why. Well, but you start throwing around the next Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, come on, guys. Like, that's hyperbole. No matter what, you can't. You can't start. I mean, you're talking about essentially the greatest I mean, football player of all time. Five titles. Right. Hey, Nobody's the on. next that. Come on. Not right now. They're not. No. We, I mean, let's let let the guy build a resume before we start putting titles on him. Um, I, 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 as far as as Garoppolo goes, dude, the fact that the rumor is, and obviously we would see what happened here, but the Patriots want the number one pick. Are you effing high? Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. If you believe, all right, ladies, I guess we're gonna have to yell at you later. But like, <laughs> seriously, like, because you're man talk. Because honestly, you've been lying about stuff, and I have it, and I can't wait to yell at you. But apparently, you got it back for National Women's Day. Get on the back burner. No, but like. Wait a minute. I understand that the thought of the first pick makes everybody freak out, right? It makes everybody freak out. But if you think he is, if you think Garoppolo is a franchise transformative quarterback, what's the price that's too high for that? Nothing. Right, nothing. But uh, thinking that somebody is that I do not feel like is the appropriate thing. I think you need to know before you do that. You need to have at least some sort of indication more than, oh, well, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Belichick likes him. He played one and a half games, dude. I will grant you the one and a half game sample size is scary as hell. But I think you know more about that than you do about Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, or Mitchell Trubisky. And if I, I'm not, I, I but no, you're not a proponent for picking any one of them. Close right. number twelve, sure. If you can pick one of those dudes off at number twelve, sure, that's a, a roll of the dice that I, or roll of the dice. I'm okay with. But if you're talking about the number one draft pick and you're as bad as the Browns have been in in in, in, in quarterback pressure and in getting guys to sack the quarterback, dude, and you can pick up a stud, a certified 100 percent impact the game tomorrow. I mean, stud. What are you doing? When you look at all the moves made yesterday, again, they get, is it J.C. Trenner from uh, from Green Bay? Um, you get him, you get uh, you get the guard from Cincinnati who's supposed to be really good, Kevin Zeitzer. Zeitzer um, I believe I have that right. And you pick up Kenny Britt. Like, if you get Miles Garrett with the first pick after what you did yesterday with bolstering your offensive line, now you get a, you, you get a pass rusher for the other side. And- you have a completely different team. Yeah, I mean, you got shines of, you got sun rays coming through the clouds for sure, at least at bare minimum. You kind of got me sold on the Cousins thing. I kind of want him to go because I think you can get Cousins much cheaper. 
as far as picks go. Oh, well, certainly, dude. You're not going to, you're not going to, nobody's going to be talking about Kirk Cousins for the number one pick in the NFL draft, dude. That's insane. And if the goddamn New England Patriots end up with Which the number crazy. one draft I mean, pick. Dude, he was a, I mean, they went to the playoffs. Didn't they go to the playoffs the last two years? So that doesn't get you, like, you don't get talked about for a first-round pick for that, but a guy that played a game and a half just because he plays in Boston does? Dude, the, 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 the... Okay, you start, the, you start saying stuff like that. The mis, the misaligned weight there, the misaligned, like, balance. Yeah, pro sports is crazy. It's because perception's reality and money. You know what I mean? And the perception is, is that Kirk Cousins is one of those guys who's always going to be kind of good but can't win at all. And I don't know if that's true, and neither does anybody else. I know Mike Shanahan seemed to think he was the man. And went to war with his ownership over because everybody in the country was all about RG3. And secretly, remember this? The Shanahan's were racist because they didn't think RG3 could play. Remember that hilarious argument? That's what I'm always telling you guys. You got to be careful throwing that kind of stuff around. You got to be careful making that about that when it's not. When it's about, like, dude, no, we just think Kirk Cousins plays better. In fairness of RG3, let's remember the guy's rookie, rookie year. Rookie year. And, and let's remember, too, he's played for two of the most dysfunctional organizations in sports. To be fair to tell the story, it would be crazy. I mean, it would be irresponsible not to mention that. Two of the worst yeah. teams you're in right. the NFL history. Like, yes. two of the, poor, the poorest, the, the, the worst-run teams ever. Yeah, you're right. You send them somewhere else out of college, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? That's true. I'll grant you that. I personally still think it's more... Nah, then great. I'm more inclined to believe that, but again, I have no proof of that. I'm just, that's just what I believe. I think this, dude, what if this, what's a win? All right, what's a win next year? Going 1 and 15 this year, where do they got to be where Fantone goes, you know what? I think the Sashi Brown era is going to be all right. Uh, you got to win uh, over five games. So six games is the victory there. Dustin's mad because we're using the sacks at 7.30 again. Prove me wrong, dude. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong until the Browns have established themselves as a winner. Not even like, oh, dude. I mean, dude, they're the most dysfunctional organization in the history of sports. No. I'm not mad. I can make the argument for the Knicks, right? Sacramento Kings. But in football... Are you uh, no, dude? You're gonna you're gonna compare the Knicks, the Knicks who have had a a, a long story t- tenure of, of 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 being a great team. No, dude. The when Browns, was that? The Browns haven't been. A, when was the last time the Browns won anything? When was that? Before the before the Super Bowl existed, dude. Before the Super Bowl, two thousand seven. I mean, they they went to the playoffs in two thousand seven. But yeah, all right, okay. You can make the argument that in football, for sure, which is still saying a ton. It doesn't have to be all sports. To say that you're the most dysfunctional team in, in any one professional sport's enough. We They don't have to clear the bar on every sport. I'm with you on that. Fine. They're, they're terrible in football. I, they, I mean, they're deserving of the sacks. I'll, say, I'll defend that until you put me in, in the grave. You, you got to get over eight wins a year before. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, it's just always going to go hand in hand with them. Benny Hill and the Browns. It's just always going to go hand in hand. All right, women, I'm not letting you off the hook. I got data, and I'm going to yell at you. That happens next. Oh, you know what? Let's pass out these charge tickets. Let's do it right now. But we'll take uh, caller 15 for a four-pack of tickets for the Canton Charge this weekend. Uh, Got to come pick them up today. Got to come pick them up today. Oh, yeah. Got to be available to come get them today. It's 1-800-243-7625 on those. And uh, we'll be right back to yell at women next. Hang on. It's nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll help make you be a better parent. Two guys, never raised kids, going to tell you how to do it better. That's everybody's favorite part on the Stansbury Show. But I'm telling you, I think I have it. I always think I have it. But this one, I'm telling you. This I think, one he's got. I'm telling you, this one I got. 
Also, 9.30, we'll send you to see Incubus out of Blossom, July 25th. So, men get stereotyped in a way, and it's totally fair, and it's okay, and it doesn't negatively hold us back, so I don't care, okay? Okay. But men get negatively stereotyped by, like, porn consumption. Okay. It's just like the... It's the joke that men are like the porn consumers, okay? And ultimately, overall, all pornography traffic, that ends up being true, okay? Yeah, yeah, no. And I mean, I don't think it's any more like, well, men are more likely to be, you know, compulsive masturbators or men are more likely to be like sexual deviants or anything like that. I think guys are just more visually turned on than women are. And that's probably why pornography is a medium that makes more sense when it comes to, to men. Yes, that's why, honestly, the, if you really watch porn films, they're geared right towards you. It's about right. you having the best night of your life. And I would not be surprised at all to find out other forms of quote unquote pornography, like erotic literature or something like that, or consumed consumed more by females. I would not be surprised at all to find that out. No, uh, submerse me more in the story, seduce me with the with, with the situation right. versus right. Here's shoving it in my face. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. Okay? Yeah, women don't like it when you shove it in their face. Just shoving it in their face. Some do. Well, I guess you're right. As you're of right. February this year. Hold on. I want to make sure I have this right. Am I reading this right? Okay. All right. So listen to this. I want to give you this number first. Currently, about 72% of worldwide traffic to porn site. Where do you think that comes from? Not in this. Oh, you know what? I'm not giving you enough information. So I'll just, I'll just right. lay it out for you. 72% of the world's porn like traffic comes from smartphones and tablets. I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, I know people are addicted to their phones and I, I get all that. But for me... It's always been a little bit, and we'll probably go back to this here in a little while, but like, it's always been like, well, that's my phone. Well, like, yeah, do I want porn when, on that? Like, When you throw tablets in there, too, I mean, like, I don't have a desktop or a laptop computer in my home. I have tablets and phones. I, that's all I have. I don't have access into... Okay. See, I still have a laptop at home. Yeah, I don't have access to any of those things, so I wouldn't be using it even if, you know, it was... There's something about, because of how much less I use my my laptop. Like, I'm more inclined to, like, prep the show using my cell phone on the couch, reading my email, and looking at things. I mean, everybody uses their phone to read these days. That's not out of the ordinary, right? So, like, I use my, my, my actual computer less and less and less and less, so I'm probably more likely to use the porn there because it's, like, viruses and hacking and that, that kind of stuff. Like, well, I'm not logging into my Facebook there anymore. I'm not logging into my email in there anymore. It's kind of like, honestly, it's kind of like a porn machine. Like, that's kind of what my laptop has become come where it's like every few days you pull it out turn it on and you know what i mean that's what you use it for every few days and so uh yeah dude i don't i'm not like a porn like addict um i uh i I just think i i I would assume as 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 we kind of move forward there's going to be less and less laptops and desktops you know obviously desktops or feel those feel antiquated at this point those feel like those are a relic of the past well yeah and here i mean here's and the truth of it and you're right about it obviously because only 28 percent of porn consumption gets Mm -hmm. done by either a desktop or a laptop, which there, where porn goes, that's where the world goes. Okay, but listen to this: as of February this year, eighty percent of female traffic comes from their mobile phone, and it's only about sixty-five percent for men. Women are more likely to watch porn on their mobile phone than men are, and that seems hmm. that seems strange to me. With your phone, that's your phone. No one else uses your phone. Women probably more embarrassed about somebody finding out their porn consumption than a man would be. With other devices, other people might be using those devices. Like, you can, you know, 
you know, I you know I have my own tablet. My girlfriend has her own tablet, and really, it's never like, hey, let me use your tablet. But you can imagine in a family with like an iPad, and your kids want to use it. Oh, and, and the cloud you know, and everything else. Right, Jeez. right, right. And all my those, brother's always terrified of that. All those other things that 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 are going to happen, you know, with with your tablet. So I can understand why women would feel even more like, well, oh, I have to have this on my phone specifically because no one else has access to that, and it's mine. Easier to hide. When broken down by female age groups, the largest proportion of smartphone use, 78%, comes from millennials aged 18 to 34. Of Makes course. Sense. A lot of your, you know, you're coming into your sexuality and some of those, you know what I mean? You know, you're, you're starting to have more and more sex partners and like that kind of like during those age groups. More likely to have access to a, a smartphone, more likely to have, you know, a phone that's capable of doing this. Visits from desktop computers and tablets both increased by age, with less than 50% of women over the age of 55 using their smartphone. Duh. I, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised to find out my mom consumes some, tor- some, some you know, sort of like erotic entertainment, but I can't imagine she's on Pornhub on her phone. I don't want to think about yeah, that. Yeah, Jesus. Louise. <laughs> offer that one up yourself. That's what right. am I like, doing? Yeah, you know what? My mom just watching, watching Pornhub. No shock here. The smartphone is more popular with younger men as well as it is with younger women. And I think that's just more and more younger men. But like I said, my phone is so important. Like if you hack my like if my if my computer gets a virus, I don't care. At that point, it's just like a paperweight. I'll, well, I wouldn't throw it away. But I like, you know, you, you're just done with it at that point where my cell phone is like, I don't know if I want porn links and stuff like running through my phone and like all that because I, I don't understand how all that stuff works. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not a, a phone pornographer at all. Like I, I would much. Well, it's smaller, too. And I'm not like a mobile porn viewer. I'm not like, yo, dude, I got to be out in the world watching pornography. And any, the only time I'm ever watching pornography is masturbation. And I'm not doing that, you know, out well, in the yeah. world. I mean, who watches porn just to watch? Although I, I do mean, know a woman who watches porn just to watch if it. People are out there watching it on their phones all the time. I mean, well, what? I think. I think, honestly, what's happening there is you're starting to, you know, you're just sitting on the couch trying to get a little horny. Next thing you pull up the phone. Now, Frank actually tweets in and he brings up a great point. He's like, I wonder if they're adding in how many people are using their phone and then like Chromecasting it to their TV. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that probably, Frank, that's a great point. I bet that is a lot of this. And obviously, as we move forward, um, that's going to be bigger and bigger. You're going to start dealing with VR sets. You know what I mean? And that's going to be used as phone usage. That's going to be considered, uh, you know, phone. So. I don't know. Obviously, eventually they're going to cross the virtual yeah. reality porn thing, and it's going to be amazing. Okay? But there's something that freaks me out about the idea of masturbating and not being able to see my surroundings of, like, who may be walking into, like, a room or, like, not being aware of what's happening around me. Like, I understand at the very last second your eyes are closed. Right. Like, I get I get that. But for the 35 minutes before that, they're not. Jeez. Everybody, I think, is very... Well, dude, you know, it's like you got to find the right clip. Very familiar with the feeling of disgust after you finish and how quickly you turn off that, that, that tablet or that, that laptop or whatever you have in front of you. I can only imagine how much sadder that feeling is when you take the headset off. That's what I'm like. Ooh, I'm not gonna like that. You know what I mean? Like, sure, watching it's gonna be awesome and being that, but having then when your it, eyes readjust to light, right? And it's like, oh, back to reality. Yeah. You you take it off and you see like your dirty ass house and oh, it's terrible. Pants around your ankles. Right. Wife's look of disappointment mm. over the shoulders. 
yeah. I'm telling you, screen on my face porn. Like it sounds like it's great, but I'm telling you, in that moment, I'm telling you, I'm gonna have honestly for the first time in my life, I'm gonna have performance anxiety by myself. <laughs> I'm gonna be with the mask. I'd be like, I don't know, man. It just won't get up. It just won't happen. I guess I drank too much. Yeah. Oh God, that sounds terrible. We're gonna make you better parents. We'll do so next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Reminder, join us a week from today as we'll broadcast live from the Tilted Kilt up in Belden Village from 6 to 10. Do the show live from the Tilted Kilt for St. Patrick's Day as we have uh, as we did last year. And then we'll move the party from noon to 2 over to the Canton Brewing Company. Hang out there for a little while as well. Stansbury Show, pint glasses up for grabs all day. Also, getting you hooked up with sold-out Rock on the Range tickets. We'll do that for St. Patrick's Day as well. Good stuff. Again, starting the morning off, tilt to kilt, bright and early, 6 a.m. up there in Belden Village. Still to come, 9.30, we'll pass out a pair of Incubus tickets for you. Now, however, I read a headline yesterday, and uh, I understand I live in the headline world, mm-hmm. right? I totally get it. Mm-hmm. And this is all about parenting. Okay. And I've never been a parent, never been married. Fantone's not a parent either. No. But I think there are certain things that are just common sense, whether you're a parent or not. And I think sometimes maybe parents can get a little, I uh, can't see the forest for the trees necessarily. You think just because you were in the delivery room, all of a sudden you're smarter. Right. Like there's like a, this is epiphany that happens in your you life. You didn't deliver the kid. Right. Well, you didn't deliver the kid. And let's be real. Most of you aren't doing a very good job of doing it. So let's not act like you're, you know, <laughs> parents like or this like holy group that are above reproach. Like, no, if you guys are effing stuff up, other people should be telling you about it. I agree. Look at okay. all these stupid kids nowadays. They all suck. They're all terrible. They're all the worst. So I saw this headline and I thought to myself, well, of course it would be. Okay. And I don't know how the answer would be anything else. And the headline was, is it okay to spy on your teen? Okay. Yes. More, more even than is it okay. It's your responsibility. That's your job. What do you mean? Um, That would be like me saying, is it okay for me to tell you what the Browns are doing? I I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's necessarily always just a black and white thing like that. I think there is a line of privacy that your kids deserve and, and you should respect and that, that should be a part of it. Because I, you're, you're, you're essentially, if you're just spying on your kids and like checking all their like things and like doing that nonstop constantly, you're, you're not allowing them to make mistakes and like be adults that are growing into their own. Okay, I hear that and, you're, and you make an excellent point. But, and so, of course, I, I don't agree with just like there is a line. There's always going to be a line in anything in life. But when the danger is making mistakes is sexting and topless photos of yourself at 15 and getting yourself charged with child pornography at 16 because you don't know the laws and stuff like that, there's never been a more important time in the world to be a spying parent ever before. I remember my parents saying to me, yeah, I hear kids talk about how they deserve privacy. You know what my dad said? I provide you with a place to live. You don't deserve anything until you get out of my house. You want to push back? Do it from, do it from somewhere else. You live in my house. My parents used to tell me all the time, oh, you bet your ass we're going to search your room. You bet your ass we're going to be doing this. It's my job to keep you alive. And I feel like they say here in this article that it is absolutely okay. to. It, it ends up being like the summation is you should, of course, spy on your kids. And they say that you should be open about it. Don't don't hide the fact that you're know it because people what happens if people know they're being watched, they start to change their behavior. And before you know it, what you've done now is you've created a culture where your kid does the right thing out of fear of being exposed for doing the wrong thing. Of course, that makes sense. 
And now I, I think it's worth noting that, I, I mean, I'm sure your parents decided to do this because you were a, a, a little bit of a, a rebel as a child. You were a little bit of a bad kid. So All there, teens are. So, so you, you either gain trust or you disearn my trust. And as we like, can, okay, hey, you've proven time and time again that you're lying to me about what you're doing, about who you're hanging out with, where you're going, what you're doing, and all these different things. Then, yeah, of course you should take things further and keep pushing that. But if you got a kid that, you know, is, is, is showing you, hey, I'm trustworthy, I'm doing the right thing. I just think there's a little bit of room there for, yes, you can be your own person. Agreed. You do have to let your kids kind of turn into who they are. You do. But you can't just be hands off. And there seem, there has been a movement lately, and I remember this, not just now, this was going on when, when my parents were raising me too. I would hear my parents always say, you know, there's this whole movement to be best friends with your kid. And I remember hearing my dad scream from downstairs, I'm not in the, I'm not in any interest in being best friends with my kid. I'm in, I have a very big interest in being the best possible role model for my kid and, and an example of how he should live his life. I don't care if we're, we'll be best friends later in life. Right now it's my job to raise them and keep them alive. And, you know, and as, at, at 16, I was in my bedroom going, oh my God, you're just a dick. You don't get it. But at 40 now, I'm like, you know what, dude, thank you. Thank you for caring enough about me to search through my things and to try to hold my feet to the flame of what was right. And I think now there's this thing where it's like, well, you know, if you invade your kids too much and now blah, blah, blah. And it's like, can their fragile egos handle it and all this stuff? It's like, screw that. You're a parent. It's your job. You have to stay vigilant, especially now. Like I said, you send a topless photo of yourself at 16 to somebody. Now, all of a sudden, you're in court for child pornography. It's never been more important than ever before to spy on your kids. I would think it would be irresponsible not to spy on your kids. I understand what you're saying about good kids, and some people have better kids than others. That's just the rule of life, okay? But it is still a teenager's primary goal in life to push an envelope. Your 4.0 student is still doing things you wish they didn't. You can make the argument that maybe they're not getting drunk and stoned with their friends, but are they taking too much Adderall to be a 4.0 student? Maybe. I'm not guaranteeing it, but maybe. And it is your job to know that. And my parents looked at it as it's our job to understand and know as much of what is happening underneath our roof or what is happening with you when you're not underneath our roof as humanly possible. Now, of course, I, like most teens, was pretty savvy and got away with a ton. With a ton. So, but think about that. Think about what I would have gotten away with had they not been spying on me, had they not tried to wrap their arms around me. It, you, this is your job to I, turn them into decent people. I, I think the, I think I guess a little bit of the issue is, and maybe where the hangup is, is it's like throwing the word spy to me means like that you are intentionally going through their stuff on a regular basis with no cause. Now, if it's something you know where you're being engaged, yeah, dude, of course, as a parent, you need to be engaged, and of course, you need to know what's going on with your child. I don't necessarily view that though as spying to me if your kid goes out on friday night i think it's well within your bounds to go through his room and look at his or her room and look at everything that's in there i do is it okay to follow your kid wherever they go not knowing about that is it okay for me to like tail my kid i mean like is there any line that i can't cross with my kid i can't tell a parent not to tail their kid would i tail mine probably not but i can't tell another parent not to it's it is your right to know what your kids are doing now if your kids are 20 and they moved out of your house and you're just driving past their house, now you're just a weird parent, right? And and I mean, probably working against yourself on, oh. on, on, on building a decent relationship with your kid. What if you got a 20-year-old heroin addict? Okay, well you then, yeah. You don't stop loving your kid. No, there, there are different... No, of course, you change the scenario, then yes, things change. But if you don't have a 20-year-old, you know, if your kid's 25 and not addicted to heroin and they're living on their own, you're just circling their house, that's weird. How do you know? 
Well, again, you know, yeah, you you want to be involved in your child's life. I would hope that you're involved in your kid's life. And honestly, if your kid's 25 and addicted to heroin, they're probably living with you. You know what I mean? More and more people are living with their parents at 25, whether they're on drugs or not. So my guess is if you're sticking heroin needles in your arms, there's probably a good likelihood that you're living at home. But as a parent, I think it's irresponsible not to not to look through your kid's room, not to not to look through their phone, not to look. It's not their stuff. That's not their stuff. That's your stuff. Who provided them with that stuff? You did. That's your stuff. You got to stay vigilant because the risk is too high. We're talking about raising a human. If you lose that battle, it affects, it negatively affects not only your family, but everybody else's. This is your job. You got to stay on the front lines. You got to be in their stuff. I know, I understand right now there's teenage college kids listening to me who are living at home who now want to like hate me forever. But guess what? They're doing it because they love you. If your parents are checking up on you that much, you honestly, I know you can't feel it in the moment of being 19. I know you can't. I was there, already been there, done it. But it's because they love you and they want to have the best for you. Believe me, I talk about this all the time. I'd go to parties when I was in high school, and the parents who let us drink and smoke and smoke weed in their basement, I always pedaled my bike home and went, I'm happy I live where I live. Uh, uh, But, I mean, you were there still. Your parents weren't able to stop you. No, parents are not able to stop everything. I said, but imagine what I would have got away with had they not been checking up on me. Had they not. Of course things are going to slip through the crack. Welcome to being a kid. But given the fact that child pornography is on the table now, about sexting and sending photos back and forth to each other in ninth grade, now that we're talking about registering as sex offenders as, like, that's the risk now? You got to stay on your kids. Is it okay to spy on your kid? Absolutely. It's called parenting. It should be the first rule of that job. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you, WRQK.com. Head over there. Check out the Sansbury Show section. Kid Rock is introducing his The American Badass Grill. And apparently, like, 99% of these are made in America. There's, like, one model where apparently they just were unable to, to get that done. But he's adding some uh, some jobs in America. Kid Rock is. I hear his beer and his um his whiskey is pretty good, right, that he's involved with up there in Michigan. I don't think I've ever had either, but I hear they're really good. My friend uh, from Michigan, Serene, is always on to tell me how good his beer is. But the American Badass wants to sell you a grill. You can now kid rock it up and on the block party, so that'll be kind of good. <laughs> that'll be kind of good. Um, listen, I'm, I'm glad Kid Rock is doing his thing. Obviously, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm a supporter of, of, of drinking beers and, and grilling burgers. I don't know. Does it get to be a bit pandering, though, of like, yeah, it's America, America. I love America. You should love America. Like, bro, you get it? Yeah, but you know why people pander? Because it works. works. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's why. Yes. Is it pandering? Is it, uh, you know, shilling? Yes. Of course it is. But pandering works. Also online for you, WRQK.com right now. Uh, apparently, a teenager called 911 after he got his feet severed by a train? Yeah. Okay, I haven't, I, I don't know anything about this. What happened? Like, what do you- I don't know what the details are of how this kid's feet only got severed by this train, but he calls 911 and is really calm about it. It's just what? like, yeah. I mean, I think they got chopped off. And it's like, well, dude, are your feet attached or are they not anymore? So, yeah, over WRKK. All right, yeah. At some point, what we'll do is we'll get that audio and we'll try to run that back for you if the kid's calm about it. I'd like to hear that. I, uh, I'd be interested to hear that. Um, I will apologize about this. At some point in today's show, it might even yeah. be just uh, just a few minutes from now, yeah. I'm going to have to talk to you about my dad and butt stuff. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, there's a story. Do we have to? Yeah, there's a story in the news. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's going to force me to tell a personal story. Do we have to? It's going to tell me to tell a personal story from my life. And uh, it's not as it's not quite as bad as you as that as I just made I was it sound. Say, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it's, it's just awful. It's all right. Here's the thing. It's bad. It's not terrible. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I so guess. Uh, my old man and butt stuff coming up a Jeez, little later in the program. Please. It's making me uncomfortable just but thinking I, about it. <laughs> but I do I do want to talk. Uh, I do want to talk about this. Okay. Okay. Um. I am. I have been slighted once again. Okay. I've been hinting at behind the scenes that that I'm not wild about the radio station right now, and that that you know we're, we're kind of going back and forth. We're kind of like you know uh, you know there's been some arguing. Okay? Uh, it's fair to say that everybody at some point or another has an it's issue agent- within you know within their within their within their their their, their establishment of, work, of employment. There, yeah. it's free agency in our business right now too. Essentially, is w- is what's going on, right? And so like there there's just been some uncomfortableness. And it's okay. Ultimately, everybody's going to remain friends right. and everything's going to be fine. It's not like nobody's screaming at one another. There's no ultimatums being thrown. None of that kind of stuff. But I just don't like this period of my life. Okay. But I was slighted by the radio station yet again yesterday. And this is not contract related. Okay. So let me just, okay. let me just, let me state this. It has nothing to do with my contract. It has nothing to do with any of that. But I was slighted yet again. And I, for the life of me, cannot, cannot, cannot figure this out. And I'm a pretty smart dude. Okay. So every month I kind of complain about getting passed over for employee of the month. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and I have been <laughs> yeah, passed over for employee of the month every single year. It's been a well, it's been a relatively new thing that we've had employee of the month and since we've started working here. This is like a new like, hey, we're trying to build morale in this building, so we're going to uh, we're going to identify somebody who's doing a great job every single month. You could month. just tell people they're doing a good job occasionally and that might do it. They don't but they don't they don't like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, a little award, a little pat on the back. And I'm not going to lie, as the recipient of the 2016 November uh, employee of the month award right there, it's a little uh, a little feather in the cap, I'll say. So everybody in the 20 million, the Sandsbury Show audience, kept yeah. you know writing in and emailing in and tweeting in and all the things and saying to me, bro, don't worry about it. What they're doing is, is they're going to make you employee of the year. Ah, the long game. Obviously, as this show, one of the best rated products in the building. The best. I, well, you know, he always tells me, he's like, you got to be careful when you say the best rated because, you know, technically the math can be split any which way. It's like, well, here's what I know. I'm kicking the crap out of your show. So, like, I, show, so, yeah. so, I, so I feel pretty confident in that. Yeah. All right. And so we're rated pretty well. Yeah. All right. And I'm not going to victory lab and all that stuff. But it's at the, the end of the day, you get like two <laughs> ratings periods a year in Canton, Ohio. We were uh-huh. number one for both. So the entire year at number one. If that's not employee of the year, ratings is the business that we're in. That's the business. Like it comes down. Nothing else happens without good ratings. Sales doesn't happen. No. All things go yeah. hand in hand. All right. Now, obviously, radio stations with low ratings still sell advertising. Okay, but it is an easier thing to do the higher you're rated. Tell me Should again. Be, yeah. What are somebody needs to tell me what the qualifications for employee of the month or employee of the year are? I want to hit it. I need to hit this because I don't know how delivering a number one product all year long is an employee of the year. Now, as far as employee of the month goes, and I only speak of this because, like I said, I was the recipient of the 2016 November Employee of the Month Award. It was a pretty big accomplishment. Not yeah, gonna lie, yeah, gonna put that yeah. one, gonna put that one on my resume. Not gonna lie about that. Um, but how it works is every month there's like this box outside of our HR representatives, and it's like, you know, it, nominate nominate you know somebody for Employee of the Month, and you go and you fill out a little form, you write your name, and you write why you think that person was Employee of the Month. 
Did you stuff the ballot box for you? Now, listen, they don't go. See, notice he didn't say no right there. They don't go and like uh, tally up all the votes. They don't, they don't, you know, see who got the votes and the management sits around and decides. They literally stick their hand in the, in the, in the box and pull out one name. There's your employee of the month. So like, I don't know if they did the same thing for employee of the year. No, I want to say this as people in this building are listening to this show right now. As it's about it time. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Finally. What, what, what happened? Honestly, I was kind of lying. Actually, most people in the building hate us and, hate don't, us. and don't listen. Hate us. That's actually true. That's actually not a joke. Most people in this building do hate us. It's crazy. I don't know why, but they do. And um, I will say this, that the woman, Megan, who won Employee of the Year is oh. a good employee. She is. That's a solid employee. She is. Like, that's not somebody that I'm like secretly like, what? That person sucks at their job. Like, I would never. Like, no, Megan's good at what she does. So no, I'll give her. There was there was one Employee of the Month recently where we're like, dude, we don't even know who this person is. Like, what's even, how how could this person had win never, it? Had never, th- I've been here three years, had never been introduced to the person. So I, I understand your There's frustration there. There's 50 people in this building, maybe. But she is, she is. She's worthy. Megan's worthy, worthy of the. Of the of the title. Worthy of an award. For sure she is, as most people at their jobs, if you really looked into it, would be. But again, this is the ratings business. We're not in the record-playing business. We're in the acquiring ratings business. That's the business we're in. The ratings acquiring business. This show has done it really, really well the entire time it has been on this radio station. Not one time, not even employee. No. I thought it was like, yeah, maybe I'll get employee of the year. Yeah, maybe. maybe I'll victory lap employee of the year. And no. And no. Now, you might be thinking to yourself as you're in your car on your way to your work, well, you just told us you were going to mix dad and butt stuff together. <laughs> so, like, maybe maybe that's what did it. Maybe talking about your old man and butt stuff is probably what's going to stop you from getting Employee of the Month. That's a good point. So I will dig a hole even deeper for myself in Employee of the Month by mixing my dad and butt stuff next. Hang on. Conspiracy Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. As it's tax season, man, people getting their tax returns back, this is car buying season. If you're in the car market, shopping around loans, check out CSE Federal Credit Union. Two I've been banking with for the last few years, 100% satisfied. I love how local they are. All my money stays right here in Stark County. Love that. So if you're shopping around car loans, CSE has a car loan for you. They have a loan for that. Some info can be found at CSEFCU.com. That's their website. That's where you're looking uh, for your first ride, joy ride, maybe an ATV, motorcycle even, RV. CSE has a loan for that. Check out more info, CSEFCU.com. Some people might even say cash rules everything around them. Damn right. Online for you, WRQK.com in the Sandsbury Show section. You can uh, take a look at a teen who has to call 911 after his feet get severed by a train. Now, I haven't really looked into this a whole lot myself yet, but you said you like watched a little bit of this and the kid's calm while making the phone call? Cool, calm, and collected. Just like, yo... It's me. My feet are here. My feet got chopped off. That's terrible. Also online for you is hot chick Destiny Dixon. Good Lord. She has tattoos in all the right places. Yes, dude, she certainly does. She's tatted up. She's got the uh, she's got that kind of alternate chick look to her. But the thing I'm going to say, and I always kind of knock Instagram models These and porn stars lips, and uh, pro wrestlers, but like, if you're going to be in the business of taking your clothes off, Go get good tattoos, dude. Quit just getting like a tribal tramp yeah. stamp. She, I mean, yeah, they're not the best tattoos. She just has them in really good places. And honestly, you fake lips. It all depends on the doctor. Much like right. any other, right. you know, plastic surgery thing. If you get the right injections and the and, and you get the right doctor, hers you can totally tell were just 
filled. That one picture for sure, like that the, the default picture where she looks smoking hot. It's not like you're going to be like, oh, the lips, I can't. I, no, wouldn't do her. Like, come on. Um, but know, she looks a little manly. She's that got one. that. She's got that. She's right. It's she got those plumped out lips, and I mean, a little too far there. Yeah, but. just it, now it becomes like that's the only thing you can notice. Like, so the rest of her beauty kind of falls by the wayside. But a lot of dudes are going to find her attractive. You can see that wrqk.com. So I read this yesterday, and I've been warning you guys about. We got to be careful about making this marijuana issue in this country solely about medicinal marijuana. Okay. And, and and I've been saying, like, we got to push for recreational marijuana use if that's what you want, because medicinally what they're going to do is, if you just worry about medicinal, what they're going to do is they're going to figure out a way to get the oil into a pill, and then they will continue the attack on weed smokers and then pass out weed, ironically, as a, as a medical form, and then we get screwed and they get what they want. And who do you think you're kidding? Like, who do you think you're fooling? Everybody knows you just want to get high, and that's okay, at least in my book, that's okay. Like you're an adult, and it's okay if you like that feeling. You always say, and I think, and I think very well that smoking weed is well within the boundaries of things we allow adults in America to do. You Correct. can skydive, yep. you can do all these things, you can yep. drink too much, you can do yep. all this stuff, yep. and marijuana is well within those lines of that. It's no more dangerous than smoking cigarettes. We let people smoke cigarettes. There you go. Now there's been attack on that, but yes, but ultimately you are allowed to right. do it legally. Right? I can go buy cigarettes. We just regulate where and where you can't. Smoke cigarettes. But yes, ultimately, you are allowed. As well, you should. You should be able to regulate where you do do and do not drink beer. You should be able to regulate where you do and do not smoke weed. You should. That's okay. But there's a doctor now that wants to get ready for it. Cush your tush. Okay. They're reducing the the benefits of marijuana down to pill form, and he wants to make it a suppository Uh. that you take. Oh, shoving blunts. What? What are we going to cush your tush there? And I kept trying to tell everyone, quit making this about medicinal marijuana. By the way, I we we should have got to this study earlier this week. We just didn't. We were running out of time in the shows. Stacked with entertainment, this program is. But it is now legitimately the facts are out. Colorado has the best, the best economy in the country. Now, what do you think made that happen? Out of nowhere. They weren't even in the top like 10 for a decade. What happened, I wonder? Was it the explosion of legal marijuana? I bet it was. I bet that was it. I bet it wasn't those Elway dealerships that have been there since the, you know, the mid-80s. It was weed. Everybody knows that. But now a doctor wants to make it all about a suppository and so medical marijuana. And what did I what have I been saying from the beginning? Quit making it about medicinal marijuana. Because they're going to take the part you want away from you. They're going to put it in pill form, and next thing you know, it's going to be Xanax. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. All right, now I had kind of promoed this this way. Dude, you can take the out right now if you want to. If you want to punt, buddy, I'm right here. No, I'm doing it. No, I'm doing it. I I had teased this subject this way by telling you I was going to mix my dad and butt stuff together. And I I don't remember what was wrong with me, but I was sick as a child. Okay. Okay. And I remember going to the doctor with my with my dad. And the doctor had said to him, hey, we're going to prescribe this. It's a suppository. And I was so young that I didn't understand what it meant. Didn't know what the word meant. Can barely spell it now. No. Honestly, probably too early to even think about like what implications butt stuff even means, dude. You don't have your head wrapped around butt stuff at that age. And I just, and there I am, a youngster, (laughs) 
chubby, hold, chubby little Stansberry. Holding hands with my dad, scared at the doctor's office. I don't know what this word means. And I look up, and my dad, at that moment, was not able to be brave. You could read it on his face. That's uncomfortable. I don't like hearing the word suppository with my son. And I kept asking, what's that mean? What's that mean? What's happening? What's going on? And he wouldn't tell me that, Dick. In the whole way home, I'm just riding there, all buckled up in the front seat, Chevy Celebrity, dad's foot on the pedal. Come on, dad. What kind of medicine do I need? We go to the pharmacy. I'm still asking questions. Very inquisitive little boy I was. And dad just ducking the question. Just won't answer it. So we get home. We have the medicine. And my mom, there was no cell phones back then. No. My mom, very curious, edge of the seat. What's wrong with my son? What's happening? I can't even remember. I tried calling my mom last night. She didn't pick up the phone. But I, uh, I tried to find out what this was about. She's definitely not picking up the phone today. After you do, the, after you do oh, 10 minutes I'm on your dad you, and butt stuff. Once my brother says, he was on the air saying, I'm going to mix my dad and butt stuff together, my mom won't take my calls for a month. No, she won't. She's going to be very pissed at me about that. She is. She is. She's going to be mad about it. But I get home, and again, my dad starts telling my mom the story. Right. And the word suppository just keeps coming up. And my mom, same thing. Couldn't. No poker face. She just looks terrified. So now I'm eight, and I'm going, both my parents are scared to death over what's happening, and nobody's telling me what's happening. So we'll fast forward a half hour. (laughs) And there I am. And I can hear my parents as I'm in my bedroom, arguing about which one of them is going to take a suppository. Dean and Sue just going at it. Just screaming back and forth. You wanted a second kid, Sue. Just constantly. He's your son. No, it's your son. Well, you're the... He's a boy and you're the male parent. Yeah, but maybe... And I think I remember my dad saying, yeah, if we send, you know, the kid's mother anywhere near his ass, it's probably going to screw him up. Now, I ended up being pretty screwed up anyway. But long story short, man, there I was, eight years old, gripping the blanket with both hands, Jeez. laying on my stomach, Jeez. and hence, dad and butt stuff mixed together there, a little suppository story. Why? That was terrifying. Why? I can still like feel the invasiveness. It was very I was aware even at that young age This is not appropriate Why are some medicines more effective Via the butt Versus just taking it orally Because of well because of where it is In the body like yeah The the absorption is better in the butt they say I don't know. That feels like bunk science to me. That, that feels, feels like, like, what do I think I can get people to believe? Right. That feels like, yeah, that, that, that feels like fake, fake, fake or alternative facts to me. Right? I am telling uh, you, dude, I don't care how many times you've been in the car on the way home and like racing the clock with the toilet because you think you might not make it. You have never tight cheeked it like, like an eight year old who's got like no. his parent. Like, and dude, that thing was like a horse pill. Like, it was huge. Like, you could feel it the entire... I'm telling you, it was invasive is the word. Yeah, your mom is never talking to you again. Hey, mom, I told everybody about dad and, you know, butt stuff. You know what my mom's going to say is, Daniel, think about the people that turned the radio off when you said, you know, dad and butt stuff. And now just think like this weird thing about our family. 
man. Again, I always think about the poor people in New Philly where my dad's from, like his family's from, who have this last name, who were living a decent life a couple of years ago, and now like they're just on their farm and everybody thinks they're the town freaks. Yeah, hey, my name's Steve Stansberry. Oh my God, you mean that butt stuff, dude? Were you the butt stuff guy? <laughs> Hashtag employee of the year. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> there it is. Employee right of the there. year. I don't care what anybody says. All right, millennials, college kids. I throw you under the bus every chance I get. I'm getting your back next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. A week from today, you can join us as we broadcast live 6 to 10 a.m. at the Tilted Kilt up there uh, near Belden Village. We'll be there for our second year. We will have the Sandsbury Show pint glasses, also tickets to the sold-out Rock on the Range show. We'll pass those out as well, and then we'll move the party a little later that afternoon from noon to two. We'll be at the Canton Brewing Company. Now, see, I love both places. The Canton Brewing Company, that's walking distance, boy. I can uh, I can throw some pints back, walk right home, ride out the rest of the night. I like it. Should be a good time. Should be a good one. Join us all day, <clears throat> St. Patrick's Day. Again, starting the day off, Tilted Kilt from 6 to 10, and then the Canton Brewing Company, noon to two. That's going to be good, fun stuff. Still to come on today's program, we'll uh, hook you up with Incubus tickets around 930. We'll do that. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on that. I uh, People jump up and down on millennial, right? Millennial is one of those words when people are annoyed, they just yell millennial, and then now that makes you right. It doesn't even mean anything anymore. Like All it means is somebody that's younger than me that I am not happy with. Exactly. It, it's, not, it's no longer a generation or it's no longer about a group of people. It's just a buzzword. It, we're, right. We, we live in a very buzzword-heavy society now. Yeah, honestly, on, <laughs> on the same tip of that, and in, in, uh, often a lot of the, the Venn diagram overlaps a lot, is hipster. People, that, that doesn't, yes, it doesn't, same word. It doesn't mean anything anymore. All it is is just, I don't like that. I don't like that. You do like it. I dislike you. Hipster. Hipster. You're right. a hipster. That is absolutely the same thing has happened with both those words. I would agree. And I'm a little guilty of jumping up and down on the younger generation. I'm a little, every once in a while, there's certain stories that make me go into the get off my lawn territory. Mm -hmm. But there's something I saw yesterday online, and people are looking to demonize young people, the millennials over it. And here's the thing. I got to totally get your back on this. Okay. A, because this isn't new to you. College age kids, when I was a college age kid, were doing this too. This isn't something new. It's just now it's, we like to pile on on everybody via online. And so millennials, when I feel like you're wrong. I'm going to tell you you're wrong, but when you're doing something that I don't think is that big of a deal, I'm going to get your back on it. So I'm going to get your back. Okay. They're saying now that roughly 30% of U.S. students are going to tap into their current U.S. uh, like a student loan or acquire a new student loan and use it not for school, but to take trips and to travel. Now, a lot of this is going to be Daytona for spring break, but other students are looking to go other places. Okay. Okay. Now, Acquiring new lines of credit and taking out credit cards and this kind of thing as like you start to hit like 17, 18, 19 college age has been part of the system forever. Credit card companies have been on college campuses with predatory, you know, predatory, you know, credit cards forever. Right. Forever. There, remember, there was that there was that documentary about like college age credit card debt. And that kid, that kid committed suicide because right. he, he couldn't get out from underneath those. But I forget what that documentary was called, but it was very interesting. Right. And so I know that this kind of sounds like one of these things where I'm going to where normally I jump. You idiot. You're supposed to be using this money for college. and You're supposed to be using this money for this. And you're supposed and now you're going to travel when in reality, I'm going to go the complete opposite way. I got myself into some credit card trouble as like an 18-year-old, as a lot of 18-year-olds do. I don't right. totally understand how it works. I didn't understand that my APR was way high. Next thing you know, I was like racking up all this debt as a young kid. Now, I was spending that on stupid stuff in stores. Right. Okay, That stuff, I don't have a single thing 
this day that I had that I put on that credit card back. No, I'm sure it was Metallica CDs and 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 and, and stupid crap like that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, throwaway stuffs. Trips are not that. Experiences are not that. If you're gonna put the, if you're gonna put yourself in the hole for anything. At least I could say about a trip that it's life experience and traveling and you see places. Now, it's not probably smart to use a student loan for this. Now, you're, you're, you're putting this through the prism of like, well, you're going to go to Paris and see the Louvre. And it's no. like, no, these, these, this isn't like a traveling trip. This isn't like a broadening my horizons trip. This is going down to a beach and getting HPV. Like, that's what this is. You know what I mean? So we can't, we, I, I, I take your point of, of there's, there's value in travel. Well, there truly is, and and we talked about it this week where we were yeah, talking about times. all different places you've lived and all the different things that you know you, you're able to do because you broaden your horizons. But going to Daytona Beach and getting stuffed out by a bunch of dudes isn't necessarily the same thing as 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 as, as going you know and studying abroad. No, 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 it, no, 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 no. There's something in the middle. And I said to start the conversation out that a lot of these kids are going to use this for Daytona, and it's going to be you know beer bonging and like right. technically stuff you could do on campus at Kent State, right? Right. Okay, but there is something about spring break as a traditional college experience. There's something to it. Now, I also think that there are going to be. We found out now that the millennial kids a little bit more responsible ultimately, and so the, what we might see is that this is because it ends up being the math ends up being around three million kids are going to do this they say all right and i you can't tell me that out of that three million in this younger generation in this do-gooder generation that some of these kids for a horizon broadening experience as part of the travel sure but that's going to be the exception as opposed to the rule absolutely it is and i guess that's what i'm saying is that i'm looking to speak to the exception not the rule right now and i'm going to tell you that if you're going to go into debt for anything now, beer chugging down on Daytona Beach probably isn't it. But while you're young and you still feel like you got the whole world figured out, move around. See some stuff. See some things. If you're going to put yourself in debt, don't do it on a credit card buying clothes. Get, gather experience because when you're laying on your deathbed, you're not going to remember a sweater that you bought for 300 bucks. But you are going to remember that trip to Mexico you took with your best friend. Yeah, but that entire life up until that moment you're on your deathbed, you're going to be worried about the the amount of credit debt that you okay, that you racked up you, in your 20s. Now you have now you have to be you, you have to plan responsibly. But let's be honest about what a vacation costs. Not that much. So you should, I mean you don't need a $20,000 loan to travel. Uh, dude, I don't know. I feel like it, it, with with the concept of spring break and the concepts of like college kids being able to go like dude, I'm a, a fully employed full-time job, two two jobs, adult and I don't have the money to do that. So you as a college kid who's so concerned about racking up $50,000 worth of debt a year and, and so concerned about how am I going to get a job in this bad economy and how am I going to, you know, do all these different things? I'm never going to be able to retire. I'm never going to be able to afford a house. I guess maybe at that point you do say F it, let's just let's just blow through some some cash irresponsibly while I'm young, but like that doesn't seem like a good plan to me if if, if it's so tough for college kids. And oh, yo, it's so hard to be a college kid. I'm yeah. so poor. Well, then what are you going to goddamn Daytona for? Now, Ben writes in and says the problem is is that people will then complain about the debt that they have when this has nothing to do with school. Now, right. I would tell you, right. using a school loan for this is probably not the best idea. But if you're young, if you're 19 and you just got your first credit card, what would you put clothes on that for? Take a trip to Canada with your friends. Do something fun. It will at least then... Now, look, you're going to have to pay off that that thing. But at least then you have... like. You can't put a premium on life experience. You can't, like, those trips I took, honestly, I went to spring break every year. 
from the, every year from I was a junior up until what would have been my senior year in college, we went we went to Florida every year. And I look back on those times in my life, and yeah, they were irresponsible, and yeah, I racked up some debt doing it, but God, did I have fun. Yeah, but what's one of the greatest regrets of your life is that you didn't graduate college. So, like, there's a little bit of, like, well, where's the responsibility, and then where's the level of fun? Yeah, again, I'm, I'm not advocating you throw up your arms and you go all one way. I'm saying if you are going to rack up debt as, as a young person, and you're looking to pay it back. First of all, I think this generation should be more savvy about debt and like loans and everything else than any and than any you know generation before you because you just have more. There's more resource tools available to you. Should be yeah. You should be. Doesn't okay. mean you will be. But you are. I'll say this: you have the ability to be more educated on the credit system than any generation before you. But it's not like that generation before me doesn't have the opportunity right now to you know to go to go learn it. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I, and I'm not again. I'm not dumb anything on them. I'm saying that if you're going to go into debt for anything, that life experience versus a product that is going to depreciate is always going to be worth more money. And there's going to come a time in your life where where you have two kids and you can't just at the moment's notice go, you know what? I'm going to go to Mexico for three days with my best friends. There just comes a point in your life where you can't do it, where you just can't. Not as easily as you can at 19. And there's something about your, you know, your late teens, your early twenties, where responsibility be damned a little is okay. It's you can't throw it all away, but but a little bit of you know what? This is what my life needs right now. This is good for honestly. Trips are good for now. I'm a little. This is where I get a little hippie. Trips are good for the soul. They just are. When you're walking away with a hundred thousand dollars worth of student loan debts and you don't know what your job's going to be. Listen, I'm not saying there's not point to what you're saying. I'm just saying maybe instead of Mexico, you can go to North Carolina or something. You know okay, what I mean? All like, right. uh, yes. Maybe, maybe, Dude, maybe go to Michigan. Maybe go camping. Plenty to see in. Raleigh. Welcome, new sales guy. Plenty to see in Raleigh. You can do a lot of that stuff. Plenty to do in Charlotte. Plenty to do. Dude, the the, 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 the amount of trips I've taken to Myrtle Beach in my life are worth it. I'm happy I have those stories, those memories, that fun. I, I think there's something to it. I understand. Yeah, don't use a $25,000 school loan for it. But you know what? Every generation before you went to spring break, too. Don't let old people tell you now that they're bitter not to go to spring break because they don't get to. And they're trying to figure out how to work four jobs to put food on the table. That's not your struggle yet. You're not married. It will be soon. It will be soon. You're damn right it will be. So you know what? Go to Mexico before it is. Life experience will always outweigh material things. It just just will. You're not going to lay on your deathbed and be like, like, you know what? Thank God I had that Porsche. But when you look back on your life, you'll be thankful you went and had a little bit of careless fun because the world ages you fast and careless fun goes away real fast. That door slams shut like a guillotine. Grab it by the by the by the horns, dude, and ride fun until you no longer can. Because once you hit 25, everybody tells you how, how stiff your life's got to be. Life experience will always outweigh material things. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show and Incubus tickets. Hang on. Six, nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Incubus tickets still up to, uh, for grabs. We'll pass those out here shortly. 1-800-243-765. The number you'll need on those. Join us a week from today as we broadcast live from the Tilted Kilt, starting at 6 a.m. for uh, St. Patrick's Day. Be out there from 6 to 10, then move over to uh, the Canton Brewing Company from noon to 2. Stansberry Show pint glasses and Rock on the Range tickets all up for grabs that day. Uh, we hit on this a little earlier in today's program, but apparently it's Mario Day, and I didn't know this, but apparently it's because if you take M A R and then ten, 
it looks like Mario. Oh, okay. And so then the, then right. the United States had to make it Mario Day. And, you know, I brought this up a little earlier. And I don't mean to, like, ring a bell and kind of, like, start drama where there is none. But at some point, if we continue to make, like, every day, like, a day, I have to ask the question if it will eventually water down the real days that we have designated for remembrance. The Martin Luther King days and the like, and, like, those kind of things. Hasn't it already happened, though? Do you think, well, again, like, I'm not saying it hasn't, so you may be right about that. That maybe, I mean, yeah, I mean, we use, like, what, a lot of these days, President's Day to sell mattresses and to sell, like, all that kind of stuff, and it's become about what you can get on sale versus what, so yeah, maybe, so I guess, yeah, I guess if that's the take, then what do I care if there's French Fridays? Yeah, maybe. I think that's a... Is it all right if I feel a little sad by that? Yeah. I feel like that's a little sad by that. I feel like there were days that that started out with real reason of recognition of certain days and like everything else, you know, the longer we're a society, I think standards slip a little. I just think that's the way of, of evolution and that our standard is slipping a little there and it's, I don't love it. I guess I just don't love that. What I did love was turning on the TV all day yesterday and hearing about how smart the Cleveland Browns are. That's all anybody could talk about. It's all any sports show could talk about is how smart the Browns are. Signing Batonio to an extension, bolstering that line. Uh, then they picked up Kevin Zeitler from the Cincinnati Bengals. They picked up Treader, I believe is the guy's last name, from Green Bay, who was their center. Probably going to make a big impact on that offensive line. So now, you know, you're, you're really building this line, which, again, seemed to be the excuse on why everybody didn't want to court, myself included, did not want to draft Carson Wentz last year. And uh, it takes away an excuse of Browns fans. It really has become an exhausted tale of, oh, the line, the line, the line, the line. Now this year, you can't just be like, well, the line sucks. What you that's, could, a, that's a lazy, that's just a lazy, like, uh, what you could take. If it ends up still being a problem, you can blame the coaching of the offensive line at that point. But I agree with you that I think now players are starting to be the right kind of players. Now, Kevin Zeitler says he respects Cincinnati, but business brought him to Cleveland. I totally understand that. They gave him a ton of money. They made him the highest paid guard in league history until next year. And then a guard will be the highest paid guard. And that's just, you know, welcome to NFL contracts. You know, the TV money is just so much that that's what's going to happen. But... And I'm going to nitpick here. I'm going to nitpick. I would have loved a little, ah, I kind of want to be reunited with Hugh, kind of believe in what Hugh's going to do there and like that kind of thing. Now, I, maybe if I read the whole transcript of his interview, maybe that is what gets said. I'm just going off of what I what, what I read off the headline, uh, you know, or the headline rather, sorry. And, uh, you know, I've been talking a lot about this this morning as well, that when I first turned on the TV yesterday and I saw, and again, I didn't hear it. I saw the scroll on the bottom of the screen. Texans trade Osweiler to Browns and I freaked out. Because I just don't believe Brock Osweiler can. People want to go, well, you know, he was doing all right in Denver. And it's like, yeah, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with that team and couldn't throw. Like, he could not throw a ball. Like, his his quarterback play was actually bad that year. And so, like, if you can do that, then I, then I think... Now, granted, Peyton brings you a lot from, like, the mental standpoint. But I think that defense really... I, it's widely considered to be the defense that won that championship that year. I think if you're looking at it uh, from the Browns' perspective of, like, all right, we're bringing Brock Osweiler in. The, the thing that kind of like has me a little surprised is the reports of other teams are talking about 
trading for him. And that just goes to show how desperate teams are for a quarterback that can go out there and produce. Send to the Jets. I mean, well, there's going to be somebody, and it's going to be a caliber team like the Jets. Somebody I hear the just, Jets. Somebody who's just desperately looking for a, 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 a quarterback to be a part of. I do. I, I would do it right now. I mean, we're talking about a, a quarterback who's going to get paid $16 million a year, dude. That's insane. And there's still teams that are like, yeah, dude, we're desperate. We need it. We, Isn't we, that we on the it. low end of what quarterbacks get paid now? Uh, I, I think a little bit. I mean, uh, I mean well, didn't Mike Glennon just get that? Well, more than what he should, right? Yo, I think it was, yes, I think it was yes, a four-year, yes, yes, seventy-two yes. million dollars. Is, is, is if, if I'm correct about that Brock Osweiler trade with the Texans? So, like, dude, that's a lot of f and money. It seemed like the reason they why they did this was to pick up this second round pick that they got, which and, is crazy. Which is you know, you, yeah, crazy. you're paying sixteen million dollars for the second round pick. You seem to hate that move. Uh, you've been on that all morning, and you know that's valid. Uh, you know, you're making excellent points is for it that. Worth sixteen million a second round pick. I just don't know what the average price tag of it is. So so it's hard for me to call it out of line, you know? Um, but I will tell you, when I heard the math of that, it did. It caused pause for me. I was like, well, wait a minute. That seems like a little high. But I will maintain this, though, that if you end up getting a franchise quarterback in this whole deal, whatever you paid was worth it. Whatever you pay. If you had to give up every third-round pick you have this year for, for a franchise guy, I, then, then that's worth it, I think. So it seems like the price tag on Garoppolo is going to be high, and of course it should be. If you're Belichick, you have no reason to get rid of him and every reason not to. And uh, you know the Browns are the organization who he has animosity toward. Felt like he was unfairly treated here. And honestly, looking back on the history, I kind of feel like he was unfairly treated by, by that organization. But Fantone's been selling me over the last few days, and I think he got me on it, dude, on Kirk Cousins, who demanded a trade, or I you know, should say it was reported he had asked for a trade from Daniel Snyder, the team's owner. And now it's widely considered that he wants to go to San Francisco, I believe. The Redskins just sent one of their wide receivers to San Fran. Kyle Shanahan's now the head coach there, and you know, they're, you know the Kirk Cousins and the Shanahan family have closed eyes. They're the ones that drafted him. They believed he was a franchise quarterback long before anybody else. And I'm with you. Like, if you would have asked me three months ago, do I want Kirk Cousins? I would have said, hell no. But if I can get him cheaper than Garoppolo and I have a higher sample size, amount of games in the league played, and I kind of know who he is, which is probably... 10 and 6, 11 and 5-ish. Like, he's probably right there. That's probably who he is, which to us sounds like Super Bowl. I think I'd do it. I think I would do it. I think teams, honestly, are realistic in the offseason. We're not a Super Bowl team, but we got to get viable. And I think Kirk Cousins will at least do that. I think he's probably a decent enough... There's tiers of quarterbacks, right? Like There's like the all-timers, then there's very, very good, and then there's guys who can do the job and are technically like a franchise quarterback, but they're not Brady. And I think everybody kind of knows, right? There's only a handful of those guys. So if you could get me like a, a, a pretty good second, third-tier guy, given, given the starvation... At the position here, I wouldn't hate the Kirk Cousins trade now. Again, when you're bolstering the line, you add Kenny Britt, a wide receiver now, and if we if we draft right, and if we you know if we end up getting like I'll say this, if we can land Kirk Cousins and Miles Garrett, I'm more confident about next year's team than I sit right now. Well, as soon as they get a quarterback, I'm more confident, almost regardless of who it oh, is. Who it's it is. better. It's better than not knowing who it is. Yes, that position. It's not the strong safety. 
I'm being tweeted in. They got Hoyer. I don't know what that means. I don't know who you mean, Dustin. I'm, I apologize. 49ers. Oh, they they went and got Hoyer? Yeah. Is that what happened there? Yeah. Okay. I don't think that necessarily makes Kirk Cousins out no, of No, I think they know Brian Hoyer is probably their backup option. That's how bad the quarterback situation was there. You have what's-his-name, Kaepernick, and that, was it Blaine Gabbert was out there? Yeah, I, if we end up with Miles Garrett and Kirk Cousins, who people tell me is a franchise quarterback, I could live with all of that. I would be totally fine with that. Yeah, I don't think San Francisco is rolling with Brian Hoyer. I don't buy that. I think, um, honestly, Kyle Shanahan is a pretty genius. At least it's he's proving to be a pretty genius offensive mind. I don't think he looks at Brian Hoyer and thinks that's the fix. Maybe this is the start of the Mr. Hero Worldwide expansion. Dude, Brian Hoyer goes out to San Fran, starts selling Roman burgers. Mr. Hero, dude, just taking over the world. You know, I got to tell you, they are like the local endorsement kings, Mr. Hero. I could totally show for them. Yeah, you could. Dude, I mean, do it for free. Worked there in high school. Absolutely love the restaurant. I got to tell you, I think I should be the next Mr. Hero, dude. I do. So... Interesting moves by the Browns. I just like when I was turning on the TV yesterday, they were being, they were being called smart by people who are considered to be smart about the business. I couldn't believe it. It's good stuff. That was good stuff. We'll pass out those Incubus tickets and close out the program for you next on Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show, and it has been one year since I've had my LASIK surgery done at the Roholt Vision Institute, and let me tell you, I could not be happier with the results. And of course, a huge part of that is how well I'm seen, dude. I have 2015 vision, which is better than perfect. And along with the great vision, let me tell you about the convenience. I mean, my life is so much easier without looking for my glasses all the time or having to worry about my contacts. Do I need to order them? Do I need more solution? That's all off my plate now. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, let me tell you, now is the time to act. Go see if you're a good candidate and find out their financing options at RoholtVision.com. Not the day. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Head over there, check out uh, Kid Rock selling his own uh, version of the American Badass Grill. That's where you can find that. It's online for you, WRQK.com. Knows his audience, that dude. That's what, oh, I, yeah. oh, that's what I always say about him, is that he just knows how to move his people around. And whether or not you love his music, if you've ever been to a Kid Rock show, whether you love him or hate him, you're going to have fun, because he's just like a fun ambassador. And there are certain artists that even if you don't respect them musically, when you go see them, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I get it. Fred Durst was one of those two where it was like, all right, you can take or leave the, the Limp Biscuit catalog. But you go see them live and all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I know how you got there. Yeah, I uh, actually got to go to a Kid Rock performance. It was like 500 people. I mean, it was a very oh, small, so intimate, it, was like, yeah. Yeah, it was like a VIP thing. And uh, the guy kills it. He just does. He, he is very good. You know what I mean? Again, you might not love him on, on, on the radio, but like he knows how to do it live. There are people who are just stars, and he's a Kid Rock is a star for sure. But he's selling grills now. Not grills in the teeth, actual grills you, know you cook your food there. That's important. That is important that's that you guys know that. Coming out of Detroit, you're right. That is, that's important to, to uh, Well, maybe 15 years ago, he would have been selling like grills for your teeth. Now he's waving American flags. Right. Come on now. Yeah. But that's online for you. Like- we also have Incubus tickets. That show's July 25th out of Blossom. We're going to end the show by giving you guys those. We'll take caller 25 right now at 1-800-243-7625. You're on your way to Incubus. Aside from that, we're done for the week. Be back at it live Monday morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a safe weekend. See you.